to Eat This Scroll, a University Fellowship Church podcast. My name is Chris Moore. We get together typically about twice a week. We were just talking about this. Sean is our guest. Hello, Sean. What's up, Chris? How are you, my brother? I'm doing pretty good. Good. Good to have you. Sean is the college pastor here at UFC. Anyways, we were just talking about how it's actually a little peek behind the curtain, Wizard of Oz moment here. It's been a couple of weeks since we've actually recorded. Yeah. Um, It's going to ruin all the magic. (laughs) (laughs) But usually when I come in here, we record two or three of them. And that's why when you, at least when I listen to them, I'm like, wow, that's a I recalled the last episode so well. I was like, well, of course I did. I recorded them all in one sitting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, real time for us, this is the beginning of June. Yeah. We're in the midst of moving to our Emerald campus. Mm-hmm. Um, this coming Sunday for us will be our first Sunday there. By the time you listen to this, we'll have probably been there for at least a few weeks. Um, and also real time, you and I have been recording Sermon on the Mount material since last summer. So now it's summer again. So we got to finish this thing. Otherwise, it's going to be a full year of doing this. Oh, my goodness. And we're close. We are close. close. At least in our sitting session today, we're going to finish it. And you listener, the next few times you you hear me, we'll also be finishing it together. So big big momentous day for all of us. Okay. I may be crossing a line here, Sean, but you know what you're talking about next? I don't have any idea. It'll <laughs> depend okay. on what I'm chewing on at that time. There you go. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, um, where did we leave off and where are we going? Yeah. So we are in Matthew chapter seven. So the Sermon on the Mount, if you are hopping into this podcast and this is the first time ever listening to me talk with Chris, Sermon on the Mount is the longest recorded teaching in the book of Matthew of Jesus. It goes from Matthew chapter five to Matthew chapter seven. And it's Jesus's teaching to his disciples. So it opens up with his disciples coming to him and he sits down on a mountain and he begins to teach them. The first thing he does is he blesses them. He tells them who they are as his disciples, that they're the salt of the earth, the light of the world and the city set on a hill. And then he begins to tell them who he is, that he is here to um, fulfill the law and the prophets, which is the old Testament. He's not starting a new religion. He's actually fulfilling the Jewish religion. And then he gives all these examples of what it looks like to live in the kingdom according to the laws of the king. So he talks about um, murdering and really the laws of for murder is about not um, not hating your brother. And, and he begins to talk about adultery and how adultery is really about not lusting your heart. So he pushes everything into the heart. And then after that's all chapter five and chapter six, he's still focusing on the heart. And now he's thinking not necessarily about the moral and ethical behavior that pours out of the heart, but about the motivations of the heart. So what we call spiritual disciplines like prayer and fasting and giving, um, he talks through those and it's all about motivation to be seen by your heavenly father who sees in secret rather than being seen by the Instagram crowd. Then we got (laughs) to chapter seven and chapter seven is kind of like he he's landing the plane for his sermon. So he starts wrapping things up, talks about uh, getting wisdom and then knowing how to discern, helping a brother or sister with their sin, first dealing with the log in your own eye, then helping them with the speck. And now we are in the conclusion, like the body of the sermon is over. He is now pushing final applications. So it's like, dear listener, you only have two options. And that's what every every time we talk from here on out, it's going to be, you have two options. Okay. So we're going to look at the first of those two options. Nice. Yeah. So this is Matthew chapter seven, verses 13 and 14. Two verses. We're getting crazy. 
back to, right. back to the beginning. <laughs> uh, and these are going to be really all familiar, really familiar words. Enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. Did you hear the two choices? Mm-hmm. So there's two gates. And there's two ways. Yeah. One gate really wide. And the way, uh, the word is uh, um, like a path or a road. Really wide road. Which yeah. means, you know, you ever get on I-5 or something, it's just like, it's so much more manageable than when you're going down a one-way street and there's cars parked and things. You can't pass there. Oh, yeah. Get on the freeway, though, you're golden. You can go fast. <laughs> you can go far. You, you can go easy. So, in the same way in life, there is a way and a gate, a way in and a way to navigate that's pretty easy going. Mm-hmm. But the destination... He says it's a destruction. Not so good. Not so good. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like an easy journey, horrible destination. Yeah. <laughs> you know, is that so that's one option. And then the other is uh, a narrow gate. So really, um, really small opening to enter by. And then the way the road is also he describes it as hard or one that um, comes with much affliction mm. and pain. And a sorrow it's challenging yeah uh, it's not it's not a smooth ride maybe it's like a road it's a one-way alley with lots of potholes and you kind of drive slow because it's really really messing up the car as, yeah. as you, you go <laughs> driving shocks. <laughs> yeah for real <laughs> i just think of my honda civic that poor thing <laughs> it has no shocks <laughs> it's fantastic but that's the the second way this uh, narrow gate so narrow door and then um a path that is full of sorrow and affliction challenges Hmm. and those who find that one are few now he doesn't say what that one leads to but it's implied so you're you're supposed to contrast these two Mm -hmm. so if the one that is um has a really big door and a really easy path if that one leads to destruction then what can you assume the other one leads to life life exactly And, and not just any life eternal life yeah so the sermon on the mount as we've been moving through it, like we've had lots of practical discussions, like mm-hmm. things like money and and things like uh, how we treat our brothers and how we greet people, and and sometimes I think we can get lost in all of those things as being simply practical things rather than theological things. Yeah. So Jesus has not simply been giving us social skills this mm-hmm. entire time. He has been focused on something much bigger than our 60 to 80 years here on this earth, but rather our next eternity with God in the new heavens and new earth. That's what he's focused on. So um, this passage, it's drawing us here to a conclusion about how do we respond to the Sermon on the Mount? Mm -hmm. So the questions are, what's the gate? What's the way? Right. Yeah. And then what does it mean to be on those those paths and what does it look like to be on the other one? Um, so as far as thinking through what's the, the gate, what's the way, um, I think we all have the Bible answer to it, right? Sure. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Easy peasy. And, and, uh, we're not doing anything wrong by doing that. Uh, we're reading the Bible holistically and you know, there are other gospels written gospel of Mark and gospel of Luke and gospel of John and the gospel of John, Jesus calls himself the gate. 
Right. Uh, uh, it's in John chapter 10, I believe, or maybe John chapter six. He's talking about how he's the gate to the sheep pen. And then, um, you know, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, mm-hmm. but he himself, uh, he, he protects and he came to give life. So not only is Jesus the good shepherd, but he's also the gate of the sheep fold. Um, but also in the book of John, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. So, um, we don't have to go very far to put all these pieces together of what Jesus is talking about. And, and the rest of the book of Matthew puts that together for us too. So he's not giving us riddles or anything. Mm-hmm. Like, by the time we hear stuff like this, it actually begins to make sense. We know what he's, he's saying. He's talking about himself. So he's both the gate, the, the means by which you enter mm-hmm. to access God uh, and to access life rather than destruction. But he's also the way which I think is what we miss a lot mm. that he's the way um, yeah. really a, a lot of, I think my experience with Christians growing up was that Jesus was merely a means to save you from the penalty of sin, but nothing more. Mm. Like, and you say this a lot that Jesus is not just um, fire protection, right? Is that how you fire phrase insurance. it? Fire insurance. Yeah. <laughs> fire insurance. Like he's not just to get out of, hell free card Mm -hmm. he's so much more than that Mm. so he's not just salvation to be with god for all of eternity he's also the way to god for all of eternity so um when we're saved when we place our faith in jesus we're saved by the grace of god not because of our own works but because of the works of christ he lives for us the righteous life that we could not live he dies a death of, of substitutionary atonement for us. He's mm-hmm. paying for the, our penalty. And then in his resurrection, he's, he's resurrected for our justification, as it says in, in Romans. So through the, all of that, we are saved. And as we are being saved now, um, we are being conformed to the image of Christ. Like we're being made more like Jesus. So as you live um, your life as a Christian, throughout the years, you are being quote unquote sanctified. Like that's the theological term, yeah. but really you're just looking more like Jesus as life goes on. Mm-hmm. So man, what does it look like to live like Jesus? Well, what have we been spending the last year talking about the sermon on the Mount? So you go back into the sermon on the Mount when you get here, what is the way of Jesus? That's all he's been talking about. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been, he hasn't been talking about some philosophy outside of himself. He's been talking about himself just as he said at the beginning in chapter five, I came not to abolish the law and the prophets. I came to fulfill the law and the prophets. So Jesus is the example of the Sermon on the Mount. Um, All the blessings that he gives at the beginning, he embodies all of those things. He is, he's the poor in spirit and he's the one who hungers and thirsts for righteousness. He's the one who's persecuted for righteousness sake. He's the merciful. He's the one who um, is a peacemaker Mm -hmm. uh, and is called the son of God. Like, Like all those things apply to him. He is the light of the world, John chapter one. Mm -hmm. He is the salt of the earth. Like all these things are true about Jesus. And then, you know, all of Matthew five, all of the ethical and moral commands about not hating people, about not uh, lusting, about not making oaths, all that stuff. And then he ends that chapter by saying, you must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. No one is perfect as our heavenly father is perfect, except for Jesus and the spirit. So it's like, he is the embodiment of yeah. the entire Sermon on the Mount. Amazing. So if you go through the Sermon on the Mount and you think, this is what I need to do to get to Jesus, you miss the point because mm-hmm. he's the gate before he's the way. Yeah. You enter by him and then you live in him 
And, and so his righteousness that he's already fulfilled is then what gives us strength and empowers us to walk this way. Okay. I had a question. Something you said, sounded like you were alluding to something. Clarify if I've missed something here. Okay. But um, the way is harder for those who are followers of Christ, yes. right? It talks about the, the way being more challenging and narrow and few people on it. And one of the, I don't know, promises, maybe guarantees that Jesus offers us is a life of hardship and persecution, the mm-hmm. world hating us. Is that the, is that a connection that's being made or is that more of a viewing things holistically and putting pieces together? Is Jesus thinking, um, my life is going to be rough, you know, for the 30, 33 years mm-hmm. that I'm going to be here. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to call you to walk in the same way. And it's going to mean that this is going to be a bumpy road for all of us. Yeah. I think he, he definitely means that life is going to be hard as a Christian. Um, it's not a smooth sailing path. You might by God's mercy and grace, it might be smooth for you, but that's a, um, a luxury an exception to the storyline. There's a few times in the book of acts where there's no persecution. And there's just these little, little phrases like, the church rejoiced because there was no persecution, (laughs) but then most of the book, there's persecution. (laughs) So, um, yeah, going all the way back to the beginning of the sermon on the Mount, he says, um, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake for Mm -hmm. theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and that are all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account, rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven for so they persecute the prophets who were before you. So he's very aware you're going to get persecuted. He was persecuted and you're being invited into his life. Mm -hmm. Um, and then that's why Paul says things like, I am sure the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed to us. Or he'll say in, uh, in second, I think it's second Corinthians that um, our momentary afflictions are preparing us for the weight of glory mm-hmm. that awaits us. He's not dismissing the suffering. He's actually saying we actually suffer a lot, but if we suffer with them, how much more will we be glorified with him? Right. So, Following Jesus means you're also following into his suffering. That's why he says things like pick up your cross. But also the way of Jesus is hard because you deny your the you deny gratifying your fleshly desires and that's challenging. Yeah. That makes it really hard. Uh, it changes your relational dynamics of of maybe how you would navigate um, dating or mm-hmm. marriage or raising children. And, and because it changes all these things, well, it's really easy to look around in the world and see a quote unquote easier way. Yeah. Maybe not a more fruitful way, something that doesn't necessarily lead to more fruit, but something that has less um, either commitment on your end or less stress on your end, or maybe just has less uh, relational conflict. Mm-hmm. I think all of that is what he's talking about like yeah. from, from A to Z in that, that caveat. So uh, I think you could just go back through the Sermon on the Mount and pause on each one and think how, if I follow this, how is it going to make my life harder? Yeah. You know, so um, when he talks about money, mm-hmm. you can't serve two masters. Okay. Well, how would that make my life harder? Well, uh, a few ways that it's made like my personal life harder. When I was a freshman in college, I was pre-chiropractic. Was that was my declared major because I wanted to make money. Yeah. And God slowly shifted my heart over time to where I was like, I'm doing this for the wrong reason. So I decided to drop that. And I, the last thing I thought I was going to be was a pastor. And I, I think I'm paid very well here. Sure. But I'm a pastor. Yeah. <laughs> not, I'm not, and I'm not a mega church, like yeah. prosperity, Some prosperity. Upper limits to that. <laughs> um, so all my friends from high school, even the ones who 
didn't get college degrees, you know, like they work in trades and they've slowly moved up through the rankings and they're way, making way more money than me, like mm-hmm. so much more money. And they're able to buy the new cars, the new trucks, and they can just buy things outright. They can buy houses. And I, I just can't do those types of things. And I always have the thought cross my mind. If I were to just stop doing this and go work at another place. I'd be able to make so much more money mm-hmm. and be able to have these things. So yeah. my life in a sense is harder. Like quote, I'm air quoting this. It's harder because of Jesus's command that I can't serve two masters because I'm trying to serve God and not serve money. And I know if I made those decisions to go work at those other jobs, it'd be because I'm trying to serve money. And well, really I'm trying, I think I'm having money serve me, but really in the end I would just be serving money. So I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, everyone can walk through the Sermon on the Mount and make those own personal applications for how it's harder to follow Jesus. Yeah, so good. What a great reminder. Very practical, and I think you bring a lot to light that we don't consider in, as he concludes here about yeah. what he's actually calling us into. Yeah, so to put a, put a bow on this, um, when he says that the gate is narrow and the way is hard, he is talking about himself. There are tons of other gates and tons of other ways out there that look easier and look more accessible, but they lead to destruction. Mm -hmm. They do not end in life. There's only one way to life, eternal life, and that is Jesus Christ. And those who find it are few. And the few times that we've heard the phrase find it Mm -hmm. uh, has been right before this where he says uh, to the one who seeks, finds. And what have we been told to seek in the Sermon on the Mount? The kingdom of God and his righteousness. Mm-hmm. So if you seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness through the king of Jesus, you will find it. It will be hard. That gate is narrow, but you will enter it and you will have life. So good. Sean, thank you. I'm excited just to get the next couple of chapters in us and wrap this up and get, you know, be able to look back at all this and consider what we've learned through this. So thank you for bringing that. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. It's been fun. Alrighty, we will get you guys on the flippity flop. <laughs> well, thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's Word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week, so please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God, love your neighbor, and make disciples. 